0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, June twenty eighth, 2021. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on this edition. I have been off for the last two weeks and I have missed a lot, it looks like, especially when it comes to recruiting. Let's get into some of the high points. We'll start right at the top with JT Tuimoloau. Al. Brandon Huffman is all over this. He's the only one that has a direct line to JTT, and he's been doing a bang-up job for months on this recruitment, years maybe, and it looks like it's going to happen this week. Uh, it looks like it's down to Ohio State and Oregon, as I'm sure most of you know. JTT canceled his visit to Alabama, which was huge news. When I saw that, I was really surprised. I thought, you know, as you guys know from listening to what I've said on the show, I was concerned that the Bama had the last visit, and I was concerned that he was going to – commit to Alabama well that's not a possibility any longer it looks like he's going to be a Buckeye it's not a sure thing you know Brandon Huffman has his crystal ball on the Buckeyes which is huge Bill Curlick has never changed he has his crystal ball on the Buckeyes could happen as early as maybe this Wednesday we'll see I mean JTT's keeping it close to the vest but I do expect something's going to happen this week and it looks like he's going to be a Buckeye so hopefully we'll have some good news for you midweek on JTT speaking of good news Jaheim Singletary took his official visit to Ohio State this past weekend. He's, of course, the five-star corner from Florida who uh, you know has been committed to Ohio State for a while. And there was some concern maybe he was a uh, not quite a solid commitment. Well, you believe what he says. He loved his visit and he is shutting it down. He is fully committed to the Buckeyes. So that's great news. The Buckeyes are going to hold on to five-star corner Jaheim Singletary, who's ranked as the second best player in the Buckeyes class behind only Quinn Ewers, the quarterback who has the perfect rating. So, Uh, Holding on to Jaheim Singletary, absolutely a must. And it looks like Kerry Combs and the Buckeyes did everything they needed to do on his official visit. And uh, he says he's going to shut it down. And he is officially, not officially, but uh, he is going to uh, be a Buckeye, it looks like. So that's great news again for this excellent 2022 class. It just keeps getting better and better and better. I do want to, I guess this is kind of recruiting because this is somebody in the transfer portal. I want to move away from recruiting just for a second, talk about Pele Getiote. I know many of you are wondering what is going on with Pele He's in the Ohio State's directory as a student. What is going on? Why has he not announced that he's going to be playing football for the Buckeyes this year? Well, turns out he needs – this is ridiculous. I'm sure all of you are going to be mad when you hear this. This makes me a little angry as well because it's so so stupid. Since he entered his name in the portal before they changed the rule where you don't have to have a waiver to set out a year – he might not be grandfathered in with the new rule. They might make him still use the old rule because he put his name in the portal before they changed the rule that young men did not have to sit out a year before transferring. They didn't have to get a waiver from their previous school or whatever, or from the NCAA. And I find that ridiculous. They've changed the rule just because he put his name in like a week or two before the rule changed. He didn't know that rule was going to change. They shouldn't penalize him. Now, I do think it's going to work out. He's going to be a Buckeye. I think they're going to work this out. It's just ridiculous that he has to jump through these hoops when. Every other kid across the nation who wants to transfer Jamison Williams, when he transferred to Alabama, he could just transfer to Alabama. He didn't need a waiver. You know, even guys are transferring from one SEC school to another with Henry To'o To'o. They waive their rule. So if Pele has to sit out, that would be absolutely ridiculous. I don't think it's going to come to that. But if you're wondering why has nothing been made official, now you know, because he needs this ridiculous waiver in order to become a Buckeye. Well, one guy who became a Buckeye when I was gone is Dallin Hayden, running back Dallin Hayden. Ranked as the number 21 running back in the country, the number 206 player overall in the country. And it sounds like his rating is just going to go up that he is underrated, even though he's still rated as as a high four-star recruit, you know, right knocking on the door to be a top 200 overall player in the country. sounds like his rating is going to go up. I really love this. Dallin Hayden, Five foot 11, 195 pounds. You know, he runs bigger than his size and he's got tons of speed. A kid from Memphis. And I really like this kid, especially when the Buckeyes cleaned up with recruiting at running back in the 2021 class. It wasn't going to be easy in 2022 to get the top running backs to commit to the Buckeyes because they know they just landed Travion Henderson, the number one running back in the country. They know they landed Evan Pryor. You know, the number two all-purpose back in the country who's going to be a running back for the Buckeyes, of course. So it wasn't going to be easy to land even a high four-star, and they did it with Dallin Hayden. And I'm really happy about that, that Dallin Hayden is going to be a Buckeye. Now, when I look at this 2022 class, it's tremendous. Obviously it's the number one class in the country keeps getting better and better and better. And it doesn't look like they're going to lose anybody who's committed like Jaheim Singletary, as we talked about earlier. So I love this class. The one hole I see right now is they only have one offensive lineman and it's still very early and he's a good one. Tegra Tishabola. And I'm sorry if I'm messing his name up there. We'll just go with Tegra. And uh, I, I think there's no doubt they're also going to land Emil Wagner from Wayne so those are the two top offensive linemen in the state of Ohio Emil Wagner the number one offensive lineman in the state of Ohio Tegra the number two they're gonna they already land Tegra they're gonna land Emil Wagner so that'll give them two I think they need at least two more maybe three and they're in on a lot of good ones let's say they get Emil Wagner and that'll give them two in the class a bunch of guys they're in on like Zach Rice number one offensive tackle in the country out of Lynchburg Virginia Tyler Booker the number five offensive tackle from IMG Academy you know Joe Brunner uh, number seven offensive tackle, kid of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Tell you, when's the last time Ohio State beat out Wisconsin for an offensive lineman from the state of Wisconsin? That'd be interesting if that happens. Cam Dewberry, the number 10 offensive tackle in the country. Young man from Humble, Texas. That sounds familiar. That's the same hometown as David Boston, Humble, texas cam dewberry and the buckeyes have recruited the state of texas really 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 well the last few years so that's one to keep an eye on emil wagner is ranked as the number 12 offensive lineman in the country and then julian armella is another one i want to mention the number 14 offensive tackle in the country he's from the somewhat ohio state pipeline of saint thomas aquinas there in fort lauderdale so i think if they get wagner they need to land two or three more guys to get four or five in this class and uh Hopefully they can get that done because that's the one thing I look at this class right now. You're like, okay, this class is phenomenal. Where can it be better? Certainly the offensive line is where it can be better. One guy who's helping make this class better and better, not just from him being in it, C.J. Hicks, five-star linebacker, Kettering Alter in the Dayton area, area where I grew up. And it's cool to see kids from the Dayton area become Buckeyes. I mean, it's a, I mean, when's the last time a kid from Dayton that the Buckeyes won a they didn't get? I mean, they, they, when there's a kid from Dayton, and Jackson Carmen was closer to Cincinnati than he was Dayton. He was, you know, kind of halfway between, but closer to Cincinnati than Dayton for sure. I'm talking about a kid from Dayton or one of the suburbs of Dayton. Like, it's just an Ohio State hotbed, and I can't remember the last time that uh, they wanted somebody from the Dayton area and they didn't get him. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. You guys are going to point it out, but C.J. Hicks has never wavered. And what I love about C.J. Hicks, other than he's a tremendous linebacker, five-star linebacker, he is out here recruiting, recruiting, recruiting for the Buckeyes. He is doing work, and I love that. I love that his game, and I love the type of young man he is. And he's he's just an absolute natural leader, and he is helping the Buckeyes recruit. And when he's on campus, when you know when he's just you know on social media with some of these guys, he is doing everything he can to help make this 2022 class even better than what it already is hey and same deal for Quinn Ewers Quinn Ewers is doing great stuff too Uh, again Quinn Ewers of the perfect 100% rating the only perfect rating in 24-7 sports history that's pretty nice the most important position on the field quarterback and the highest rating you could possibly give a player so Quinn Ewers is out here and he's not wavering at all you don't have to worry about oh is he looking around he's 100% Buckeye and when you have someone with his status being the number one recruit in the country and he's a quarterback he's charismatic I mean that carries a lot of weight when I mean, you got guys like Quinn Ewers and CJ Hicks who all these recruits respect going out of their way to get guys to become Buckeyes I mean that's huge you have af- you absolutely have to have everything Ohio State has in place with facilities coaches Mark Pantone his support staff everything winning culture tradition all of that but you also need the current commits to help recruit and it goes back to you know Justin Zwick is the example I use that. Excellent 20, 2002 class, Trestle's second class, really his first class. And yeah, Justin Zwick ended up not being you know a great quarterback at Ohio State, but he helped put that class together. He was, you know, other than Trestle and his staff, Justin's Wick was just as important as anybody as putting that class together. And that was a tremendous class back in 2002 Finished number two in the country to Texas in the recruiting rankings. That's one thing Ohio State always seems to do when they have great classes. They finished number two. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Urban had a couple of number two classes that were off the charts. If they re-ranked them, would have been the number one class. 2013 and 2017. Those are classes that were tremendous and going back to 2002. And this past year at Ohio State, 2021, they finished number two in the country. So it seems to happen a lot at Ohio State. Yeah, it'd be nice to win the mythical recruiting national championship but give me these number two classes that turn out to be the best in the country all right want to close the show talking about mark pantoni we've had some uh, interesting stories on the site regarding him recently and i find it very interesting his comments regarding the importance of camps and how that juxtaposes with the importance of breaking down film of these prospects when you're evaluating a recruit what's the most important thing and that's that's a question that pantoni was asked and He made it clear that, listen, camps are very important, like very important, extremely important, but nothing tops game film. Game film is paramount. And we're not talking about highlight films here. We're not talking when Mark Pantone sits down and evaluates a kid. He doesn't pop on his 10 best plays or his 20 best plays that were sent to him by his third uncle. He's putting in a game tape and watching every play that young man participates in during the game. He's not watching every play. if That kid doesn't play defense. He's only offense or vice versa. Um, or if he leaves the field, he's not watching every play, but he's watching every play where that young man's on the field, every play. So don't get, don't get, we had a little discussion on the board yesterday, you know, don't get confused with highlight films and actual game tape, you know, game tape is paramount. Now, as Mark Pantone said, still camps are huge because especially let's say he's a great example of a lineman. Let's say you're scouting a lineman, you're breaking down his film. And yeah, he looks good, but you don't know the level of competition. And he's out there about 250 pounds. You know, that's what his weight was at that time. And he's telling you, well, hey, man, I'm, I'm up to 285 now. Well, they, they need to see that. They need to see that in person. How does he move with that 285? So if you're impressed with him at 250, but you're thinking he needs, needs to add weight, then he comes and shows on your campus that, hey, I've added this weight. I still move as well or even better. I've gotten a lot stronger. Then that would, you know, that would be something that would enhance what they've noticed from the game film. There's also times when, You know, kid will come and he just, for some reason, just doesn't in person look like anything what they expected. And um, maybe the level of competition wasn't as good as what they thought. They know when they're watching film, they have a good idea what the level of competition is. They're not going in completely blindfolded here, but still, uh, there's still, you know, going to be some times when they're not quite sure about the level of competition. So it can work both ways where they're, they really like a kid on film, but then he shows up at the camp. They're like, maybe this, maybe his level of competition wasn't as good as we thought this and that. But I will say this, you know, I, I use the NFL example a lot. Teams like the Bengals who seem like they put a lot more emphasis on like the combine and pro days than they do a young man's game film in college. I use John Ross as an example. I know he had one of the fastest 40 times ever at the combine. It was 4-2 something a few years ago. Bengals took him ninth overall. Guy is afraid to go over the middle. He has terrible hands. Oh, but he runs like a track star. Let's take him ninth overall. It's ridiculous. You got to look at the film. Film is paramount. Camps and pro days and all that combines are important, but film is paramount. It was interesting to hear Mark Pantoni talk about that. So I encourage you to get on our site and read that story from Mark Pantoni, and just talk about he talks about all the other stuff um, that was going on this month. I mean, they hosted so many recruits. I mean, probably over a thousand when you can, when you include unofficial visits and camps. And then I think close to 200 official visits this month alone. This is the final weekend. So they can actually come up for air now. Mark Pantoni and his staff, which Mark Pantoni is the best at what he does. and He's put together a phenomenal staff too. And I love how Ryan Day is just like, you know, trust him 100%. Why wouldn't you? Urban did too. Urban did too. That's why I was a little worried Urban was going to take Pantoni with him to the Jags. I don't know if Pantone would have left. I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I, I, that'd be a question someone would have to ask him, but, uh, I, uh, I'm just glad he's not leaving. Put it that way. So we'll have another story on Mark Pantone on the site later today, just talking about some more of his philosophies when it comes to recruiting and, um, you know, when they offer guys, why they like to do official visits in June, as opposed to during the season, because Dabo Sweeney at Clemson has a completely different philosophy. He didn't host any official visits this month. None. Clemson had zero official visits. They're doing them all during the game days, which is, you know, you could see arguments on both sides of the fence. Pantoni made a great point, though. When you have these kids here in June, you spend 100% of your time with them. There's no distractions. The coaches aren't getting ready for a game, which has to take precedent. I mean, you, if you're getting ready for a game, you're Ryan Day. You, The one thing you cannot do is lose that game. I mean, yeah, you don't want to lose a recruit either, but you cannot lose that game. And even if you're trying to give the recruit as much love as you can, you're not going to be able to do that when you're prepping for a game. And it also makes it tougher for the kids to get there because they are playing football Friday nights and they have to catch a plane first thing Saturday morning. I'm just parroting what Mark Pantoni said here. It feels like I'm just reading verbatim what he said in the story that I wrote yesterday. But it's very interesting. I, I, I like Pantoni's philosophy a lot better than Dabo's here because yeah, the game day experience is really good. But keep in mind, and Pantoni pointed this out, just because these kids take official visits to Ohio State in June, they can still come back for an unofficial visit for a game day and get that experience. But this way they get, you know, all of the attention spent on them during their official visit in June. They get to come back, you know, see a game, get that atmosphere. But, you know, then the coaches don't have to be worried about, like, oh, we've got to spend all this time with this recruit, even though we're trying to do a thing called win a college football game. So I really like what Pantone's doing, how they loaded up in June. They did as many as they could in June. And it really frees up um, the season to focus on the season while still doing what you need to do in recruiting. But I love getting this head start. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens if. Clemson's going to, you know, kind of regret what they did. And Ohio State's going to be like, yeah, you, yeah, too bad. You should have followed our lead. It's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. Or maybe Clemson will say, see, we know what we were doing. We have the better class. I tend to think it's going to be really tough for Clemson to catch Ohio State. Uh, maybe anybody else. I did think, hey, who knows, Alabama, as soon as we say this is going to be the year Ohio State finishes with the number one class, Alabama will find a way to catch them in the last week or something. But regardless, this is going to be a tremendous 2022 class. And uh, I'm pretty fired up about it. Also fired up about being back in the saddle. This has been a fun Bucknuts Morning 5. Thank you for flying on this solo journey with me. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. (laughs)